Hey guys, welcome back to Small Talk with Sid, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Cindy Matome. Have you ever had a really great idea and you thought about leaving your nine to five job, but you have no idea where to start? Well, keep listening because this week I'm chatting with Alex Greenberg, who has done that very thing. She's the founder and CEO of Art Sugar. Art Sugar is a virtual gallery of affordable art prints and decor by Instagram famous artists, created by Alex herself to uniquely cater to social media minor millennials and Gen Z. In other words, it's art for everyone. Art Sugar also donates proceeds from every sale to a selection of notable charities. And when it comes to capital, in July, the company announced the impressive raise of a $500,000 seed round and the cool story of how the opportunity came about. Plus, they've experienced impressive growth with an 80% increase in year-over-year revenue since March of 2020. Yeah, during a pandemic, might I add. The company has also attracted some pretty cool celebrity customers like Lance Bass, Catherine Schwarzenegger, and Bella Thorne, which we talk about in this episode. And with all of that said, you think Alex has a pretty big team, but you'd be wrong because it's her and one other employee right now. So it's impressive to say the least, and we chat about how she built the company from the ground up and the craziness behind the scenes and lots more. So keep on listening, and now let's meet Alex. Guys, I'm with the wonderful Alex, super talented, but it has been a rough few weeks. So Alex, what's been going on in your world right now? Um, let's see. So we are gearing up. Well, hi, I'm Alex. Um, yeah. <laughs> gearing up for a lot of things and it's all happening at the exact same time. Um, so it's like race to the finish. So we're like, we're doing um, a series of pieces with Amazon selling there for holiday. And then Good Morning America is October 18th and um we have to we have like thousands of um units to get ready to ship to the Good Morning America customers and working on a holiday um mobile pop-up thing that I don't want to reveal too much of (laughs) but it's all happening exactly at the same time so I think that's why I'm a little sick yeah just down yeah, no, there's like a lot going on right now and being sick on top of it definitely doesn't help. So hopefully the next hour we can just like chill and maybe put you in a different, you know, mindset. So yeah. I, I read about you. You have such a cool story. So I always, with every guest, we go back to like the beginning. So let's talk about your background. Where did you grow up? What did you study? All that. Sure. Um, I grew up on the Upper East Side, Manhattan. Um, and I, my mom put me in finger painting class at the Met when I was four, apparently. I kind of remember it though. And apparently that's when I fell in love with art. And um, I was always very creative. Like art class was my favorite, you know, in, in school. And um, I went to high school in Riverdale and I sort of used my like art abilities. I was like, a, I guess, talented in whatever way um Mm -hmm. to get into college I mean I did well in high school but my visual stuff was like way way better so I um I went to Cornell I was a paint I was a painting major in the fine art program it was like really well-rounded school like I I took like science and math and you know English and sorry for the sirens but no it's a classic New York sound yeah um and then I like didn't want to be an artist when I grew up, but I wanted to stay in the art world. And I had really, I was, you know, in a really good program, um, but I wasn't like ready to like commit to any sort of like career. So I went and got my master's in art history through Christie's, the auction house. And it was a much more, it wasn't like a 
um, uh, uh, it's academic, but it wasn't like preparing you for like being an art history like professor or something like that. It was more like practical. So it was like this art business, um, like understanding a work of art from the inside out and like, you know, historiography. And um, it was really, really great. It was like a year and a half. And then from there, I, you know, started my, embarked on my career in the art world in New York. So for eight years, I um, was in that world, um, got a gallery and at um, working for a museum, which is actually based in Israel, but I worked for their like gifting office and I was really bored there. <laughs> yeah. And then I started like doing like drawing again on the side, just like to do it because I hadn't picked up like a brush or pencil in so many years and like I this job was like so not fulfilling it was very much nine to five I wasn't challenged and I was like oh my god I'm gonna draw again I forgot I could do this yeah and I started to and then people started like asking me like commissioning me for portraits which was like my thing like I was like always really technically good at stuff you know like technical skills but it didn't have much meaning and so I always got like chewed up at all of like the art critiques like this other students were like yeah but what does it mean I'm like it doesn't mean anything it's just like a cool picture like isn't it cool that I can do that yeah and nobody thought that was cool but well I think it's cool so so college is where you <laughs> college is where you really got to like explore that creative side of you and where you're and also I think I read you interned from some pretty cool people and I think that was part of like the galleries and um, the Israel company that you worked for. So, so yeah, so that's where you be began to explore it. So yeah. it's interesting. So like that artist artistry background was always there, but then later on, we know that it goes into like the business world. So, yeah. so in 2017 is where an art sugar started. When yeah. did, like, what, how did this even come about? Right. So I was drawing at the, when I was at the museum, people were like asking me, um, I just realized how pale I am. I think it's from being sick. It's like, I'm the same color as my walls, which are green. <laughs> like really bad um, So I was drawing again. I was at the museum. People were like asking me and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, start to um, sell these. So I made a little website on like Squarespace mm -hmm. and people could like drop a picture in. I would then like create the portrait and ship it to them. And then a friend of mine was like, yeah, this is really great. But like, do you want to be like a freelancer, like doing that? Or do you want to be like an entrepreneur? And I was like, well, the entrepreneur sounds way cooler. So maybe I'll do that. Um, so you start the website and you're selling, you're selling your paintings. I'm selling my own stuff. So, and then like someone, yeah, my, this friend said to me, like, do you want to be an entrepreneur? I was like, or a freelancer because what I was doing was technically freelancing you know I was like you know everything I was doing was with my own hands it wasn't like I was you know that's what have you what's what being a freelancer is and it's totally great it's just mm -hmm. like what you said Do you want to be a freelancer or an entrepreneur I was like entrepreneur just sounds cooler to me so I started to reach out to artists on Instagram who I thought could use my help and like my just like you know, I've had so much experience but at this point with logistics and customer service and just like dealing with with people buying art. Um, so I went to artists that I had a connection with, like through a friend or something, or, you know, I was just like taking a leap, reaching out, being like, Hey, like, let me do all the stuff for you. And all you have to do is license me the images and like market and market the, um, the new website. And that's what I did. And I had that for like two years. It was like this small thing with like seven artists. And then I had this like, moment when my grandma passed away um 
June, 2017, where I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I love doing this thing on the side I've been doing for a few years and I can definitely scale it if I tried and my job sucks and I'm not growing here. So, so what, what were you doing at the time when like, I was working time? at the museum still? Okay. You were. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was working there, but I was doing this like side thing while I was there. Um, and I was just, you know, had these like two things, you know, one yeah. was nighttime thing and one was daytime thing. Yeah. Um, and I, invested some of my own money into a new website lost the museum but like I was I hired I you know worked with like this strategy firm we got like this little thing going and then it was kind of ready to go in um the the following fall so I spent this summer reaching out to artists like all over the world just on Instagram being like license me your images like you don't have to ship me anything like and I'll like do everything else like we'll do the printing the shipping like all the execution just cross market so that's um what I did and then like I gave my notice in September and then I was able to launch in October the following other that next month October um 2017 with like I think I had 50 artists at the time it was great I mean I went like really overboard I mean not that I I wanted all the artists that were there but like I was you know going for it um were you a one-man show at the time yeah I've been a one-man show um up until last month wow okay yeah so it's been um yeah, I was saying to my new employee Rowie who's great I was like I don't think I slept for the last like (laughs) years but I'm now sleeping um because but now I know a little bit more how to manage everything so or yeah this only it's getting it's only piling on so I'm so glad to now not just be a one person operation totally no such a blessing so okay so now we have like the background of how it came to life now sum it up in your own words for those that don't know what is art sugar sure art sugar is a e-commerce site that sells curated art and home decor uh, at a accessible price point. Yeah. And who, who right now is like your current demographic? Like who are you selling to mostly? Email. I mean, I always say it's like 24 to like 44, but mm-hmm. we have people like at really every age. Um, and it's a big site for people gifting so the eight like you know the customer can be up to like 75 I don't know I mean but they're buying something for their grandchild so I don't really like it's kind of um it's kind of hard to say but I definitely women are definitely the target and that's like I like that like I'm I mean I would think I want the customer I feel like I'm the customer you know sure yeah Absolutely. And then we all know that like in the art world, especially when it comes to like curating art and collecting art, like, I mean, you can hit some pretty high price points, especially when you're trying to achieve a certain look. So I know that like, it's really important to you to have accessible prices. And like, why was that really important to you? It was important to me because I, my experience in the art world, in the fine art world, um, for over like eight years, I worked with like the top, the tippity top of the 1% mm-hmm. of, um, really the world um, and watching, you know, this, like I was around people who were spending millions of dollars on artwork and, you know, real like famous people would walk into the gallery before the museum, like, and, you know, I saw what the money they dropped and I was like, this is so cool. And I remember sitting at dinner with my family um, 
and my sister said something about something being a million dollars and she was like yeah but that's not a lot to Alex and I'm like wow I must like seem really jaded now (laughs) all I'm around is all these like rich people all day and like that's great and I feel like I mean it's amazing to be able to achieve that and spend that kind of money on things but I was like this is sort of like alienating to the rest of the world like art should be for everyone and Mm -hmm. um and I think it can be and there's certainly levels and like I look at art sugar as kind of like a stepping stone like you know maybe like this is the site where you come you buy something you're inspired to then collect and you go to another level like I just you know I'm not trying to be like it's better to spend less and spend more I just like think everyone should be able to be part of it um because that's sort of what I was going for yeah no that makes sense and then like right now I know you talked a little bit about it but like how do you choose like which artists and businesses to partner with like if someone is at a higher price point do you take them on or just in general how are you selecting those people yeah so um because most everything on the site is reproductions like I kind of set the price point but if it's a original then the artist sets the price and we work out the commission structure Um, a lot of artists approach me and, um, you know, we see if it's like a good fit based on like what our, the art sugars parameters are. And it's also a gut thing. Like I have like, I'm pretty, um, intuitive when it comes to what I think will translate to the audience that we've kind of, we've, you know, cultivated. Um, I also reach out to artists if I think there would be a cool, um, fit, um, what else? Did I answer your question? No, you did. How many artists are currently on site right now? I think it's like 30 something, but check. No, no. I mean, that's a good ballpark <laughs> number. Okay. So also I should ask this earlier. What was the inspiration behind the name Art Sugar? Just curious. So I actually worked with a, um, like a branding person to help with that name. Cause I had a name before that when I was doing the portraits and I called it portraits for good because I was donating to charity each time that I drew something and then the sec- the site I had with all those other artists like the seven artists that was also a portraits for good but it meant nothing because the artists there like I mean it they, they were doing portraits so then I worked with like this person and I mean I went through thousands of names and I thought art sugar was just like the one with me Yeah, no, it's like simple and like easy to remember for sure. And like good transition, speaking of charity work, I know that you donate proceeds from every sale to notable charities. And I I listed a few of them, God's Love, We Deliver, Girl Wonder, and like a bunch of others. So like, why is that so important to you to do that? Well, I mean, it's important to give back. I think that it's something like, I mean, I grew up in a house where, you know, it's called Sadaka, which is like, you know, that giving back and, you know, my that's a, I guess a Hebrew word, but my parents were, um, they're just like very, they just instilled it in me and my sister growing up and how important it was to give back, not just financially, but just like your time. And I, um, it's just who I am. And I felt like if I had a company, it's going to reflect all of my individual, my, I'm sorry, my personal, my personal, um, values. So that's sort of why, like, I just, and I've always been like, this is going to sound so weird. I've always been like weird about money or like selling things. So I'm like, so to me, like it had to have this like donation component because like, I don't want to like sell, like, I want people to feel good about a purchase they made 
regardless of like they love it or not, that at least they're all doing a good deed, you know? Sure. Well, yeah, I think especially in today's climate, like especially like our generation, like they they feel so much better about purchasing things, knowing that like it you know gives back to a good cause. And I think yeah. even you is like the entrepreneur. I think when you have or having those low moments, like that's one of the reasons that kind of keeps you going. And it's like, listen, like I'm doing something good here and we're giving back because I think at the end of the day, if it's all strictly for profit, I think you'll get a little bit burned out and it'll be like, you know, it'll be hard to keep going at times. Um, so I feel like that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, so you have, I want to talk about like the entrepreneur and investing and how this all got started for a second. So we all know starting a company could be super overwhelming. So when you're initially starting before we get into like your second seed round, like the initial investment, where, where did you get that money from? Was that from friends yeah. and family, all your own money? What was that? Hmm. Well, I worked for eight years. So yeah. I was the money that I saved. That's, yeah. Yeah. I never took money from friends or family. <clears throat> In fact, when I told my parents, I was going to quit my job. My dad was like, don't, don't look to me when you want money. I was like, I won't. Ha. <laughs> I'll do it myself. Yeah. I mean, that must have been like really scary. I could imagine, like when you're putting like that much into something. Um, did you have? Like I mean, it was for a website and for like. I mean, I can't remember exactly how much it was, but it was the website. It was the brand. I remember figuring out the brand. The name of the brand was four thousand dollars. I remember that because I was like, "That's so much money." But you know, now the amount I spend, I'm like. $4,000 is like, it's just like another day. Like, okay. Know. So we, so I'm so, okay. So my mind, I'm thinking it was like way more. So like the initial costs uh, weren't okay. I, I mean, but I may have put like 30,000 in, into my, the business. It was so scrappy. Like I wasn't, you know, putting, this was like everything I was doing. I was doing it very, like very minimally. Like I, I learned a lot of Shopify, like figuring everything out on my own, doing all my own graphics. Like there was no, like, no, I, everything I spent was like the, basically the outline of the business, like the skeleton, like, okay, the website, the functions, the name, um, and you know, all the things you have to pay for, like, you know, your lawyer and whatever your documents and, all that. So yeah. No, so I'm, I'm assuming it was something like maybe around 10,000, something like that. Um, so right. I, it, was, it was like third, it was, I think it ended up being probably 30. I can. Okay. Check. Okay. But I feel like it's important for people to hear that, that it wasn't like this crazy number. And that maybe, I think it's actually cool that you were a little bit scrappy about it because I think there's so many people that have ideas for businesses. And then they're like, I don't have the finances. I don't know where to start. I don't know what I'm doing. And so like, they completely push it to the side. But the fact that you were figuring it out as you were going is like cool. And at the end of the day, like you're never going to know unless you try. So that was cool the way you went about it. Um, I don't like to say I'm cheap because I don't think that's a nice word. I, I call myself cheap. <laughs> I'm not cheap, but I'm um, financially responsible. Um, yeah, but when it comes to like the business, like I've been, um, I mean, every, I mean, I watch like reboxing today, even I'm like, only oh, we can throw all these boxes. It's like, there's $3, there's $3, there's $3. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I just, yeah, but no, I think you can start a business without any money. I mean, I put, you know, make a website. I think it's cool things on your own too and like when some of my friends have started businesses like more recently and they asked me for advice I'm like do everything yourself like mm -hmm. do your own Instagram learn Shopify you know don't like 
tire out too much because then you're not going to really know how everything works because um i mean you should know everything in the back like yeah she just i think that that's how to really make it work and then once you've grown enough and you can get the money and then you can start you know delegating Absolutely. And like, at the end of the day, like when you want to be a founder or a CEO, like you want to wear all of the hats. So like when, when your employees come to you with questions, like, like, listen, I've been in your shoes before and I've been in this situation before and you know how to answer it. Um, so yeah. yeah. No, right. totally. Um, and I am not above packing boxes. Like I actually look forward to packing boxes. I think it's great to have a beginning and an end to something. It's like, you know, kind of mindless. You're just like wrapping some tape. It's like, I mean, exactly. Like you should be doing like every single thing, every single menial tax from the meaning and, you know, to the bigger picture, um, in my opinion. For sure. Um, I'm going to read a few stats for a second. So the company experienced an 80% increase in revenue since March, 2020 during a pandemic, might I add. Um, and then also 55% of Americans made a significant change in their home decor. And then I, another stat was that 71% said they want to take their projects to the next level. So this past like year and a half, I mean, has been crazy growth for your company. Um, what is, have you guys pivoted at all and changed like your business strategy because of that? So um, it's funny you say you, the way you phrase that is um, interesting because I remember last March or twenty March twenty twenty I was like sitting at the dining room table working and I'm like I should really make like a tray like I mean I didn't do any home decor really before that and it's like let me make a tray because like everyone's home and maybe people want like something like decorative and I made it. And like, it was a crazy, like, it was like this product like that I sold thousands of, and it was like super random. And that's what really pivoted my business because mm. all of a sudden I was in home decor um, as well. So, and I would, then I was starting to like branch, you know, not branch out. I mean, um, you know, create more and more decor because my customers, they may want decor and then they come to the site and they're like, oh, I really like that artwork too. So I see a lot of people buying like multiple for multiple uh, categories. Sure. Um, the like how have I pivoted recently? I mean, now that I fundraised, oh, and then after with all that growth, I, I was like impossible to keep up with just one person. I mean, I was doing as much as I could, but I realized like, okay, I was not, I was going to like plateau basically until I could get money and then I could like, you know, do better because then I could have employees and I could like buy inventory. I've never purchased inventory before. Um, everything was drop ship. So that's like a huge change to my business. Um, and now I'm able to, so I, but I went like almost four years, never buying inventory. Wow. Just crazy. Yeah. That's how I'll keep it. You keep it lean. <laughs> No, I mean, number one, so important. You responded to the demand, which is really awesome. At the end of the day, that's how you grow a business. But um, I go also, I just want to ask what, <laughs> girl, I need to send like soup or something your way right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's one of your best selling products right now on site? I guess in both the art and the home decor space. I think a lot of this frame print called, um, someone just bought one and oh you are here it's a frame print says you are here and then 
Um, I sell a lot of the same trade that I had launched with in March. Um, and um, also sell a lot of this like dome paperweight. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'll send you one. It's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Um, and then, so, and also I read that, uh, <laughs> since 2019 art sales doubled and now it has a record high value of 12.4 billion. So like for you hearing that as like an entrepreneur and a CEO and founder, like what, as, as like time goes on, like, how do you plan to like expand and grow the business? Or like, are you kind of at a point where it's like, I'm good where I'm at and I need to kind of like manage this level before I can like jump to the next thing? Um, well, right now I'm just managing on a day-to-day basis, just trying to like get ready for holiday, which is like Mm. now. Um, but I do have goals to expand to, um, uh, fine art as well, which would just be like another, it would be like on a different platform under the same, you know, brand umbrella. Um, but I do have, yeah, to create another like stepping stone for young collectors, um, for like more like originals, but at a higher value. Um, that's a goal and super cool. Yeah. um, You know, I'd love to partner with some like larger, um, you know, companies like, um, you know, but it would require like so much inventory and, and, you know, creating things overseas. So those are all things that are in my, no, um, my future. Hopefully. No, those are really good goals. And I was going to ask you, do you, oh, do you plan to stick to being direct to consumer or did you want to go more like wholesale? Um, so yeah, I definitely think that's a big goal, but something, um, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously that would come with like raising more capital and then, uh, well, actually before I go, jump into that, one other thing I wanted to point out is that this is so cool. And I was like, so impressed by this number that 66% of your sales were made through Instagram. Like that's, that's wild. So that's like low. I feel like Instagram is where like everyone buys stuff now. I mean, I don't know. Well, I feel like when it comes to the world of like art specifically, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that's a very high number um, that almost, I mean, over 50% of your sales are on IG. And so what I guess was that always, and even, even if that is low, was that always the strategy? It was the strategy when I first started because I wasn't paying for marketing for like a few years. When I started, I didn't know anything about marketing. I went to art school. Like, okay, I was an art history nerd. And, you know, I I got all these artists on board and I was like, just post on Instagram about the platform and bring like, you know, make all your followers your customers. Mm -hmm. And so those followers are coming to me buying stuff and, you know, um, so that initially that was the, um, the strategy was all Instagram, you know, and then, you know, a few years in, I started playing with Facebook ads and um, Google, but there's really nothing like your personal, the personal touch. So like, I think when, you know, like I'm still managing my Instagram, no one else is on it except Roe does some engagement on it, you know, with some other accounts. You really do it all. And then also like, I know that Instagram has cool features. I know I think you also have this feature yourself. It's like the visual search and like the AR features where people can like see what the R would look like in their home. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's some way that's something IG has, or that's something you guys developed. <laughs> we have it. Awesome. So how did you, I mean, I'm assuming like you worked with the developer to like come up with that. Um, so it's funny, like this was in the beginning. I mean, I think it was a year and I was like, 
I was at a WeWork at that point and I was looking for, and they like a WeWork had this like, I'm sure they still do crazy like database of people that you could connect with. And I was like, I'd really like to develop like an art in your home feature. People can see in real life. And then I found this, this guy in like India and they were like, okay, for a thousand dollars, you know, you'll, we'll create this and it's going to be like an app. And anyway, we developed that together pretty cool but then you know you get you learn and you get a little smarter and you meet Mm -hmm. more people and then um I met another developer named Imran from Bangladesh who you know I talk to on a daily basis love that um multiple times a day and he made it even better so Mm -hmm. he just like um you know, so it was something that I wanted to do. I think it's important to see in real life. I mean, I have, um, um, you know, something like I would want, like, I always think of myself as a customer, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, okay. Now one of your more, the most impressive achievements, I mean, I think so far that you've achieved is that, you know, in, what was it in July, you raised for your seed round $500,000 from a super cool company. Um, it's called Curate Capital. So Talk about, well, the, uh, we'll talk about the opportunity, how that came about and then like what that's been like and how that's helped your business. Sure. So, um, last fall or late summer, maybe it was August. Um, I was, or maybe it was September. I don't know. I was saw that this person liked on Instagram and I'm like, really like, it's me looking at it. And I was like, Carrie C. And I'm like, that's a cool Instagram meme. I bet that person's like, an originator you know like one of the first or instagram people so i clicked on her and she had like ninety thousand followers and it said investor and like love color or whatever it says or whatever it said maybe it said more color please i think that's her saying and i um i looked through her feed and i was like she had so many pieces of art from artists on the site and she um looked really cool and friendly and she was a follower of art sugar and she was liking my instagram so i dm'd her and i'm like can i send you my deck i'm trying to raise money and she was like yeah and then like a few weeks later we had a zoom and i pitched her and my sister because we, my sister and i were staying at my parents you know it was like pandemic and we were like living at my parents in nantucket my sister was upstairs and i was down and like i could i still have the same issue with my computer where i can't hear through my headphones so, I mean I can but the computer doesn't like turn yeah, the volume off understood so my, I just heard every word of the pitch and my sister was like like she like she was like I hope Carrie doesn't hear this she goes Carrie's really fangirling you and I was like that's so great that it like went well and then she yeah. and I just chatted um for months um and you know, they were raising money for, she's like, was investing her personal wealth in companies. She was like, comes from oil and gas, Mm. personal wealth. And then she and her husband, um, partner, Mark, they created like create capital and they invest in female run businesses. But so they were raising money for their own firm. And at the same time, looking at other founders to, you know, take that money and invest it. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how, I think there are like maybe eight female founders now they've invested in, but, um, and that's what they're all about. It's like investing in female founders. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're they're wonderful people. And they like very, very much like 
um, advisors to me now. So I had never met them. I got everything signed. We had this like in July and then only last month I went to Houston and I met them in person. So it was like, I've known you for a year and I never, and you gave me $500,000 and like, I had never met them. That's so insane. (laughs) But we um, had a great time together and um, they're very, um, they're really into. They're like, they're really truly active investors, which I feel like is like, that's like wanted. Yeah, for sure. Especially as you're growing. And I mean, I'm sure they have a lot of experience, like working with a lot of startups and stuff, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They just like, I think they really love the product and they believe in me. And it's like so important to, that's why like I've, I pitched my business to like a lot of VCs and I didn't like any of the vibes. It was all like, you know, what's your five-year plan? What's your Mm -hmm. egg plan? Um, Art startups don't really work, you know, there've been so many failures, like, you know, everything and, you know, Carrie and Mark were the only ones who I felt like they knew like those answers. And when you say like, what's your plan in five years, you you know, you're just like making it up. You don't really know what's going to happen. And they kind of understood that, like, I didn't know. And it was okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, Yeah. And I'm also not good at like just like making it up, you know? No, for sure. But then I would have been like, it doesn't feel genuine to me. When you're pitching to investors, do you have like this very like practice rehearse thing? Or is it kind of like, you already know the answers and it's more like go with the flow? Um, I'm much more the latter. I'm not yeah. prepping like that, but I yeah. think it's beneficial to do it. I'm just like, I always have too much going on to like, you know, but I figure I've gotten this far of doing it, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah, you have. I mean, you've gotten recognition from, I'm also like from from cool celebrity people, which I was going to talk about. I mean, Lance Bass, Bella Thorne, Catherine Schwarzenegger. So how have you, how have you reached those people? And like, how have like them be exposing your business? Have you seen any like growth from it? Um, Lance Bass is through one of the artists on my site is married to him. So that's how I've, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then, um, and I know Michael, who's his husband, through a friend of mine named Ashley Turchin. We worked together, you know, with my, my first job, we worked together. Um, and then Catherine Schwarzenegger, I think, followed me on Instagram. And I noticed it because she must have liked something or whatever. And then I messaged her and I was like, ah, I've got to send you some stuff. Yeah. Ella Thorne <laughs> commented on one of my um, Instagram posts or my Facebook ads, no, my Instagram ads. And it said, and she wrote, check your DM. And I was like, who's Bella? And then I was (laughs) like, woman, like she just sent me, she just screenshotted all the stuff she wanted from the site. And I was like, okay. And then she's like, I'm better on text actually. So then we were texting and she was like voice going like, I want this and I want this. And, you know, it was like so random. And like, I knew her by name, but like, I'm not the same. I feel like I'm not, I'm a generation above where I don't really know what she's in, but I was like, this person has like millions of followers and, uh, you know, it was kind of amazing. Um, she posted it. She posted a lot. It was really nice. Yeah. Because, you know, it's expensive. Like I said, like I'm cheap, like it's expensive to just give stuff without like being like, okay, like, are you going to like, you know, post about this? And she really did. She posted a lot of stories, her sister, she lives with her sister. Her sister just was messaging me like pictures of all the art working in their house. Um, and 
yeah, they're just like nice people. Like I've always like liked celebrities and like such a, what is it? A, I just, I don't know. I feel like if I had another career, it would have been like something in Hollywood. Like the entertain, like the t- entertainment industry and all yeah, that. Not like an actor or anything because I'm like not talented, but I would like, and I don't look like an actor. I would probably, I don't know. I just, I like love TV and famous people. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I mean, part of the fun of this job here is I get to like meet tons of cool people, but um. No, but I think it's really well, first of all, super important because I think a lot of influencers, I mean, even ones like with not millions and millions of followers, even the ones with like hundreds of thousands of followers will request things for free and then like literally do nothing with it. So the fact that she did that is like super respectable and she didn't have to. She could have just like asked for it and like called it a day. So yeah. I, was super- I, I like tried to, I mean, Kevin Schwarzenegger is like the nicest person ever. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know her, but she's like so nice. Yeah was really responsive but she also followed me so I guess it didn't go into that area of your Instagram where you don't see like messages yeah you know that place yeah yeah the it's like requests yeah yeah so I just saw it um I don't know so there's yeah I had like the influencer thing I also I remember you know it's funny because I'm just going back in time and thinking about four years ago I thought I was like so genius because I was like, I'm going to just send all these like random people stuff. And like, I didn't know there was a whole industry about influencers and this because I I had my head in like a book for like, or whatever, for like so many years. Yeah. Um, and so I just was sending things out. So I was like, definitely, yeah, an early adopter of per, like business, of, per, of gifting. So that's something I started doing as soon as I really launched. No, for sure. I mean, I read an, I wrote an entire thesis paper in college about that and like talking about yeah. how it's so, yeah, it's so important. Like even the influences you're choosing and like there's actually ways to test to see like which ones you want to choose, but that's a conversation for another time. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the other conversation, um, conversation, <laughs> the, other, the other question I wanted to ask was, and well, this like the last business question I'll ask is that like, what have you learned from like building a brand and like overall like art sugar and how you grow? And, like what are the key ingredients to like really connecting with your consumer? Um, well, I think definitely doing everything, like, um, like from boxing to learning how to run your own website to like being on your own Instagram, I think is important. So you really get to know your customers, what they want. Um, I think how else do I get to know my customer? That's really how, I mean, Instagram is so great at, um, I don't know what else I think like creating products that you want for yourself or a business that's a reflection of you and your own values like makes makes it um you know it's so or- it just like makes it organic and people like respond to that well where it's like not it's very genuine um yeah no I love that that's like a good answer and now we're going to switch topics a little bit and just talk more about like your personal life and so um with such a crazy <laughs> schedule and with so much going on like how do you find time for you um I don't know I mean you can ask Rob but I just kicked him out of this room (laughs) um I don't know (laughs) it's like the my work and my personal life were sort of like intertwined at this point Mm -hmm. I, I felt I feel like I'll never it'll never be just like me time until like I don't have the business anymore because it's just not who I am like I'm just like all kind of all in I mean um I have been trying over weekends to like not be on 
email and stuff, but like it's really impossible. But I'm not like sitting at my desk. Um, but I, I could really use a vacation, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, even if like your business is your baby, like how can you, I mean, this is just what I think is that like, how can you give back if like your cup is like, like empty. Like, I think you have to kind of like recharge and refill yourself. And also like, because you're like in the creative space, like, I think it's important for you to like, kind of reset your own brain and mind. So like, you know, you start coming up with different strategies or maybe how to like optimize better or work better. So, um, not saying it's a, you know, an easy thing, but I think it's important for anyone that owns a business. Like you have to like refill and recharge. So right. uh, have Um, you, yeah. Uh, you, you just like said everything that my therapist says to me. So well, maybe that's like another career I should go into. <laughs> well, I do. I like, I go to yoga usually daily, not just when I'm not coughing. Um, you know, I, I do that. And that's like a good thing for me. I like to cook, but though I'm really not good at it. Um, me neither. Don't worry. <laughs> I like to like, yeah, I spend time with people like around me, like my, my, you know, Rob, you know, you, you saw through the computer and yeah is Rob is Rob boyfriend or my boyfriend yeah yeah um hopefully more than that soon like where's where's the ring Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what um do you have anything planned coming up for like a getaway if not a vacation or like anything we're going so my parents rented a house in St. Bart's for a month or so so I'm going there in February um, and then, and then my best friend Bachelorette is in Aspen in February. And then at some point from Jane Bart's to Aspen. So I'm like living the, the high life. Amazing. Um, you so deserve so, that. Thank you. And then, um, but like, honestly, I'm going to just be working like 24 seven until a holiday because it's like so important to get these things done and in like the right way. And, you know, like, what's it all for? Like, this is like, it's a peak time of year for the business and people like want cool things to buy their loved ones. And like, I want to give people that and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just like, kind of like a wrap up question, like what's been like one of your favorite memories or something that's happened to you that like made, when you think about your business, it kind of makes you smile and like, wow, like we did that or so, or just, or an interaction that you had, do you have like a favorite moment? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I have one and I don't remember right now, but I do think about, I was on, went on Fox and friends like a year or two in, and I was so nervous because I was being interviewed for like, and I was talking so fast and so loud. And the guy kept asking me questions, like the person interviewing me and I was talking over him and my mom was watching in the green room and afterwards she was like laughing at me and she was like, you I mean, I, I, she was like, you could have been on like drugs or something. So, <laughs> so intense. I was so nervous and he couldn't even speak the, the, um, the, the interviewer. Person, yeah. Yeah. He couldn't even speak. It was like, so I, when I think about that, I laugh because, you know, I don't know. I just think it was like a funny moment. Um, I guess like when someone knows my company and I, you know, they don't know me, like, I think that's really cool or they're like, oh my God, like, I bought something from you. Like, that's really cool too. Like, those are really fun moments. And I like, it's sort of like, I don't know. I'm like so hard on myself, I think. And like, I'm always wanting more and more and more. Um, like I'm never like settled. So I feel like, you know, in those moments I you should really like pinch yourself almost, but it almost makes me want, you know, 
more of that to like just keep going, you know, keep making this bigger what I think it can be. Um, but I really should learn to like step back and be like, wow, that was really cool. I've, um, sorry, I've um, built something that is bigger than me now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, being an entrepreneur and going through this journey, you learn so much about like your own self. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of one of the coolest parts about all of this, because, you know, while growing a business is great, like the process of like getting to know yourself through it and what works for you and what doesn't and um, is really important. So like, I hope as like time goes on, like you kind of find that balance and you know, eventually you get to a place where like, you know, your business, while it is your baby, you know, you also get time for Alex and going on vacations and drinking more. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm sure you already do. I do. Uh, but you're so right because I don't think I knew who I was before this. And, yeah. you know, my grandma, the only grandparent I had left passed away before I started this, um, you know, the art sugar, she obviously was, she was around with the portraits, but you know, I wish they could have all seen me now because I feel like they didn't know me when I was when I wasn't me yet. And I wish like, you know, I could share that with them. So that always makes me a little sad. But I feel like we're probably all in the same boat. You know, all of us want our grandparents to be around for certain things that, you know, they, uh, they can't be. So it also makes you kind of appreciate people in life a little bit more when you're like, when you feel like you're in the right place and you feel good about who you are and where you've how far you've come you know what I mean yeah I mean everyone gets to see different versions of you but it's cool because I think like those versions that other people saw of you like you know it's it's a journey and at the end of the day the people that are closest to you like they'll get to see the growth that you go on and so I don't know I think it's just about just riding that wave and seeing where life takes you but Alex you are such a pleasure you're so awesome I gotta go check out some of the artwork for sure um <laughs> hanging up in my house but yeah you were great and hopefully we get to meet in person soon sometime so yeah thank you so much thanks so much the cough and everything no don't worry I hope you feel better lots of liquids and fluids and all that but we'll talk soon bye thanks All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode and hopefully learned something new. If you are interested in the art pieces that Alex talked about or want to check out her website, everything will be located in the description of this episode. And until then, please be sure to subscribe so you're the first to hear about when new episodes come out. Rate and review. It really does mean the world. And I really want your feedback. I want to hear how you guys are enjoying these episodes. And until then, we will chat soon. Have a great rest of your week. And I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Talk soon. Bye, guys.